Welcome to Diary of an Unemployed Actor with me, Milo Dennison. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll notice that this episode is a bit longer than most, and that's because this one is a bit different than most. So in episode 33 of this podcast, which would have been season one, I spoke with a filmmaker named Kev Bamboo. And after we did the discussion, we kind of got talking and kept in touch. And we wanted to do something a little bit more than just a typical QA type stuff. And this has to do with the state of the creative world nowadays where um, stuff you say can get used against you at a later date. Some of the just things that impact filmmakers and creatives and not so much to say what's wrong or what's right, but more just to, you know, have discussions about them and give people an opportunity to debate the issues. So this is the first one of that series. We're going to call it Rip It Up, kind of a play on ripping up the script. Uh, so it's hosted by both myself and Kev. This one is just a discussion between the two of us where uh, we put out a poll asking people the question of can you differentiate the artist from the art? Can you enjoy a piece of art, a piece of film, a piece of music, knowing that perhaps the person who created it is not a very good person? That is the question. Coming up, we're going to have additional episodes that will involve bringing additional people into the discussion. So stay tuned for that. I'm still going to do the QA interview type stuff on this podcast. So don't worry, we'll still get a lot more informationals from people as well. Here you go. So enjoy this discussion between myself and Kev, and stay tuned for more. And of course, let me know what you think. You can contact me through Facebook and Instagram. I'm on both of those. That's my social media platforms of choice, and it's simply my name, Milo Dennison. So shoot me a message through there, and uh, let me know what you think of this format. Hey, welcome to the show. So I am Milo Dennison and with me is Kev Bamboo. Hey, Kev. Hey, how you doing? We're, we're trying something a little different this week or this month or however you want to say, where we kind of ask a question that's relevant to the film industry or entertainment industry and see how things have changed over the years. It's an open discussion, a debate. It's something to get people thinking. Yeah, I reckon we're opening up the question to people, you know, putting it out there to the public to say, you know, can you, do you feel that you can separate the art from the artist? And spe specifically in our industry with, with acting, musicians, and, um, you know, across all medium, to be honest, within, within the industry. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, our, that's our little... Um, debate, but what would you say is your kind of take on uh, take on this? Yeah, it's an interesting subject because it's certainly, I would say, in the past few years, become very relevant, and we've certainly seen this in the hashtag cancel culture of if somebody says something offensive or does something offensive, they get canceled in a lot of ways, and we could name a list of actors, musicians, athletes who've seen this happen and they haven't been necessarily convicted of anything. They've just been accused and they yeah. lose their jobs over it. Now, of course, in this industry, they're probably doing all right from residuals, from stuff they've done in the past, but still should somebody lose their job over an accusation, which might or might not be true. And how does that play out? And 
you know, do you agree with it or not? In some cases, probably yes. In other cases, probably no. Yeah, I mean, it brings into question kind of like, is there, a, is there like a moral limit, you know, where and how, how much does that vary between people? Like, do we have, you know, do some people say, well, it's got to be murder or a murder accusation or has it got to be an abuse accusation or has it just got to be something really kind of what some might say is relatively simple, like the way that they wear their hair and that they're, you know, being disrespectful disrespectful to you know you know cultural misrepresentation or because there's a lot of there's a lot of that and i don't think you know some people don't necessarily mean to you know even do that you know and if they just thought oh i really like this this hairstyle and i think it suits me and they're not really you know they're not really trying to do anything offensive but like i say that's where that moral bar comes in and different people will likely look at things a little bit differently and think oh yeah that for me that's not that's not so great and someone else say well that's not so bad but yeah so yeah i mean we've we've had you know we've had so many people kind of like responding lately that have you know that they've got they've got their own own opinions about you know whether they think that they can because we really want to look at whether we're separating the art from the artist and that's the that's the important thing We're, we're kind of saying can you can you be an actor and can people view you as purely just an actor and, and uh, respect what you do and take that out in separation from maybe you being accused or even actually, you know, being, you know, being, you know, a convicted criminal as well, because that person may still well have created absolutely brilliant works. And can we, where, do, where is that moral line? Is that limit? sometimes too much for us to kind of separate the two. I think, you know, Johnny Depp is obviously a current and recent example. His case with his divorce from Amber Heard, his lawsuit against the, I think it was the Sun. I don't want to say the paper because I can't actually remember the name of it. But the, the, yeah. the fact don't, don't is- Don't get getting yourself in trouble now. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> don't cancel me, world. Don't cancel me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But basically, the situation was, is they printed a story about him abusing Amber Heard. I'm not going to say whether it's true or not. He sued them for liable and lost the case. So after losing the case, he got fired from the Fantastic Beasts and the Pirates movies. Now, he wasn't convicted of anything. He hasn't been charged with spousal abuse. It's just they said it. He denied it. And the court system said, you don't really have a case against a newspaper. And he lost two jobs over that. Yeah, two two pretty big jobs as well, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of what he's probably in his most kind of more more recent career has built built that career on. You know, it's, it's probably made him, if we're talking purely financially, that's probably made him the most, you know, his most money in, in recent times, you know, because we can all go back to, previous movies but i'm sure he didn't have as much kind of um actor power if, if that's a kind of word you know um to to, to kind of like negotiate so he was definitely one of those that could probably negotiate any any fee you know that he wanted so now that's all gone and we're not going to kind of go on the sympathy side of you know because that's not what we're really talking about today but we're not really going to go on the sympathy of oh can they afford because we know that Likelihood is they've got pretty decent lives. So, yeah. but but the but the yeah the the issue is is whether we can still kind of look at that person's work, and and there's there's also other areas that we might want to discuss as well where we look at say kind of 
um, does it matter if that person is still uh, a living actor? Um, you know, because does that influence somebody's decision as well? You know, do they go, well, they're no longer alive, so I can appreciate their works a lot easier now. Um, or do they say, well, no, because what they did was so terrible that I could never even bring myself to to watch any of their movies. So, yeah, that, that brings in a slightly different Slight, slightly different edge of the question, but yeah. it's, it's it's relevant to the debate, I think, as well, because oh, some people will will have their their opinions that uh, that you know where their again where their moral limit sits. Yeah, it gives them it gives them another answer to to kind <laughs> of judge on, and that's well. And our moral standards change over time. So, do we hold people liable now for something that happened in the past? Um, John Wayne is an example because in the past he made various like kind of racist statements. And so there are groups of people now, there's an airport called John Wayne Airport in Los Angeles. And there's a group of people now that want to change the name of the airport to something else because of statements he made in the past. Yes, racism was still wrong back then in his era. But the reality is he was a child of his era. And I would imagine if he was alive now, having been born more recently, he probably you know, would be more enlightened. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it brings into kind of generational, um, kind of the generational debate as well. Um, and yeah, I think it was important that you, you brought up um, John Wayne. Um, and another, another one that we could maybe kind of like touch on as well is, is which kind of more relates to someone living or, or, or now departed because um, I think, um, Phil Spector, I think it is, is uh, the producer that recently has passed away, but was obviously in in prison for a murder charge. But of course, people know that you know in the industry would say this guy was a very very talented producer. So yeah, it does bring up a lot of kind of you know pulls at the heartstrings, but also gives us gives us something to think about a little little further. And yeah. um, I have got you know a couple of you know we, we've been we've been kind of collecting. You know some some information on it recently, and we've got um, we put a few questions out to the public because we wanted to see. Me and you can have our own opinions, and we can we can sit here and chat about it all day long if we like. But it's it's best for us to try and grasp some some public opinion on the matter as well. So yeah, we put a few questions out there, and you know the, one of the initial questions we you know, broke broke them in ease, easily with it here uh, was do, do you feel that you know, you can separate a work of art from an artist, regardless of who that artist may be or have done. Um, and yeah, in, in terms of the responses so far was interesting because there's kind of five there in the category and it was like, yes, absolutely, I can. There's yes, but I want to kind of, I want to, you know, I want to elaborate a bit further. And the, the third was that I've got a moral limit, but I, but I want to be, I want to be able to, um, I've got to balance, you know, I, I want to go further on it. You know, I want to, they're open to all sides of the question. Um, and then there was, there was two more, which is no, but I want to expand further. And another one was just a flat no. Um, but interestingly so far is that we've got, no one has said no at all in any capacity. Every, everyone so far has been kind of receptive to, to maybe being open, maybe being on the fence a little bit, but also, as well as, as several being kind of like way up there in their responses of like a flat yes, which was which was quite interesting. Um, Do you think there's a over, bias there? Yeah. Because we all think we're open-minded 
you you talk to very few people that are like, are you open-minded or closed-minded? They would say, no, I'm closed-minded. I, you know, even though you yeah, could argue yeah. if you're on Twitter at all, that people are exceptionally closed-minded on, on one way or another. So, so it is an interesting question, but yeah. I imagine a lot of it is biased on how we view ourselves. Like I would say I'm an open-minded person, but maybe somebody yeah. else knowing me would be like, no, he's not. Right. Because myself, I, I feel that I'm a pretty open-minded person across all society, to be fair. But others might say, well, I, you can't win either way, to be fair, in that, because some people say, oh, you're just so woke, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then, but then on the other hand, they're like, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you're just, you're just really narrow-minded. And I'd be like, no, I'm not. But there's, there's probably some kind of middle ground there somewhere. But yeah, yeah. but it, was, it, it is interesting so far that we've got, you know, all of the, all of the, all of the, Responses seem to lean towards um, a more kind of positive, positive side where they can, where they say that they can separate um, the art and the artist. And also, it kind of brings into debate, oh, you know, what is art? I suppose some people will just purely see art as painting, and that's it, you know, rather than you know, all medium. But um, as an aside, we've we've got on on the sorts like. 50%, well, I suppose you could say that these are the fence sitters to a degree. That, that we have 50% that say that they've got a moral limit, but they're open to kind of, you know, all the sides of debate. But then the, the, the other 50% is made up of, 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 the, of the yes, kind of the yes party, I suppose. The ones that kind of like flatly say, yes, absolutely, I can, I can totally, totally separate the art from the artist. And then the others want to kind of chat a little bit more about it. So... It, that was interesting for me because I was expecting a few people to come in and say no, but I might, but I have my reasons or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know if you want to kind of have a little added input to that as well. Yeah, I, I'm going to call BS on the yes, absolutely people. I, I think we all have a limit to an extent. So whether it be I have a moral limit or can I expand further, I, I think there's something in there to where somebody could do something so wrong where you potentially would not want to have anything to do with them or what it is. Now, yeah. what that wrong is, I don't know. I mean, maybe if some well-known celebrity gets caught, you know, having sex with a chicken and then videos it and throws it on YouTube, you know, maybe there's, yeah. maybe that's, yeah, sure, maybe yeah. that's the, the, the line versus, yeah. you know, got in an argument with something and said you know, something, you know, racist or demeaning or insulting or something like that. Maybe yeah, like, like, a, yeah, like a Twitter argument or exactly. something that kind of gets a little bit overblown or if there's something that they purposely went and like you just explained, you know, yeah. That, yeah. And no, I totally agree. I think there is a, a massive, uh, it, it, it certainly falls on a moral limit. It's just, where, is there a kind of consensus where we say, okay, that's a little bit, you know, that's a bit too, that's making me uncomfortable now in the sense of, I, I don't want to respect that person anymore or, but then, but then again, it, it still brings in that thing of can we actually separate that the the works from the actual worker? Yeah, you know, the art from the artist because it that's the crux of it. It's like can you can you just separate for a second you, your mind from? Yeah, they're a really really awful person, but blimey, that work. You know, especially imagine if the work is so phenomenal. I know it sounds like a ridiculous extreme, but we we have to include the extremes in in the debate because there are going to be those kind of cases where somebody is, is so ridiculously talented 
but is also incredibly disturbed as well. And whilst we'll be, we would all totally agree that that person is, you know, not, not necessarily fit for society, do we, do we then suppress that creativity of, the, of that person? Because do we end up with, you know, several works not even uh, being around because those people get stopped from making them? We're not, we're not saying that, that, you know, criminals shouldn't be allowed to do, do whatever they like, but it, it, it brings up a, a debate within the arts as to say, you know, how do you get around that, that, that stumbling block of this person's absolutely a lunatic, you shouldn't be near anyone in society, so to speak, but they are capable of producing, you know, absolute, you know, fantastic works. And it's a, it's a good point because I've said this in the past, especially when it comes to actors, you need to be able to tap into certain emotions and kind of where you're, you know, much easier than if you are, let's say you work in an office where you have a certain standard of behavior within that office and you spend your lifetime, you know, keeping within that box to where as uh, an actor or, or a musician, they're all about like letting the emotions out and letting the feelings out. And if we then say, okay, you can only do it here in this situation, but all the rest of the time, I want you to be like everybody else and, and be in this little box. It's hard to do that. So you do have to allow for a certain allowance that certain types of people are going to behave in certain types of ways. It's what makes, you know, everybody unique. And once again, yeah, within reason. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's like I say, it's, it's, it's enabling a creative license, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, where otherwise, like you say, we're just putting everybody into a box and, and, and anyone that's creative anyway, will totally turn around and be like, get me out of that box right now, you know, because they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be a nine to five. They don't want to be told by people, you do this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's that. Maybe that's where there is a an element of the problem as well, because a lot of creative people cannot, you know, cannot kind of comprehend being told what to do. Directors aside, I'm talking, but then they're the, they're the most controlling of all. Um, but in in the terms of you know creativity, you know. How, you know, maybe that is part of the problem, you know, maybe because those people are so unreceptive to being told what to do, but as, as, as a kind of average Joe, I suppose, you'd, you'd kind of say, or, you know, someone that just has a regular day job, maybe there's, maybe there is a, maybe there's a, a problem in a, in the, in the hole with creative people, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we all have to be a little bit odd, you know, to be, to, to be able to create stuff. I think I think so. And and I think that's the hard part is because the majority of the population is the nine to fivers and, you know, they're holding creatives to the same standards they hold themselves. Is it right to hold others to the standards you hold yourself? I don't think it is. Well, what's what's the uh, what's the next question? Yeah. So kind of the next question kind of like just ramps up things a tiny little bit. We started obviously with a with a basic kind of yes or no sit on the fence type of question, but then we, we, we rolled it more into kind of like whether when that person has done something terrible, does it, does it alter our judgment, you know, as to whether the individual is still a great actor, right or musician. So we know now that, you know, okay, so we're admitting that this person's done something wrong or they're being accused of doing something wrong, but are we then, are we then letting it alter our judgment this time about whether, you know, whether we're still going to enjoy that person's work or not? And some of the some of the responses these tend to tended to be a little mixed. And as you were saying, when it when it comes 
to the initial question and you were saying, oh, kind of calling a little bit of BS on the, yes, I, I, you know, I can be, it kind of scales back a little bit more than when people actually start talking and expanding on it. So, so someone just popped in there. They're like, oh, well, it, it kind of, they said, well, it depends and um, time can be the, you know, can, can be the adjudicator on that as well. Um, and then they, they kind of, they gave an example and they said, you know, do we, and they, so they, they showed us their, their own moral limit by saying, do we forgive, um, they said, do, do we forgive Gary Glitter? In, I don't know, I don't know if you know who that guy is, but in, but in the UK, Gary Glitter was, um, a late seventies, early eighties musician. Um, and basically he's a, he's a pedophile. So, um, and he left the UK under all this cloud of allegations and went to live in the Philippines. Um, and, but then it's kind of like been publicly known that this guy um, constantly was like, in that country, it could like pay off the police. So if you was wealthy, you could kind of buy your way, you know, out of trouble. So no, I, I don't know whether, I can't necessarily say for certain whether there's been any charges. I do know that he left the UK and went to live in the Philippines for X amount of years to, to essentially kind of, under these allegations, continue doing what, what they'd been doing in the UK as well. So, yeah, within their, so within their response, when they say, you know, it always depends on time being the adjudicator, you know, would they, you know, would, would many, of pe- many people in the UK from a certain era, would they, would they forgive, say, a paedophile, for example? So is he still alive? Gary Glitter? Yeah, I believe, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, that made me think of Roman Polanski is an example where. Yeah. 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 For you, yeah. For you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So he was accused of having sex with a 15 year old, I think. Uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And in, 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 you know, 40 years ago and yeah. never stood trial for it. And from all accounts, the sex was consensual, but right. you know, still wrong because she was underage. So he yeah. leaves and continues to live his life in, in France and, and has made numerous films since, numerous great films. I mean, I think of, yeah. uh, you know, Chinatown, for example, I think, think is a fantastic film. And only recently has he really been called out for it in countries other than the U.S. where people are finally starting to refuse to work with him and give him awards and accolades. So same thing. Do we still hold him liable for something that he did that long ago? And do we now stop watching Chinatown or Rosemary's Baby? Yeah, and that's it. That's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of uh, divisive point, I suppose, isn't it? That we're kind of trying to, trying to meet with people and, and see where they're, where they're at. Um, Somebody else, if I, I can't kind of push it on from Gary Glitter UK and Roman Polanski US, I suppose, if we get looking for relevant, um, relative, sorry, uh, examples. But um, yeah, if I move on to like another comment, someone said uh, that people should not be judged exclusively on one act or one aspect of their lives. We're all complex human beings. Of course, highness acts to affect our judgment. So you know, I thought that was a really, really kind of a balanced, a balanced answer. But yeah, it certainly opened up the area that you know we are all, you know, we are all complex. Um, we aren't just you know this kind of uh, binary thing, I suppose. If that's uh, 
you know, we're not either or. We're, there's lots of parts to us and lots of things that, you know, make us make certain decisions. So, yeah, yeah great, um, great response there. Yeah. I, sorry, can I comment on that one? Because I agree with yeah, that. No, I, sure, I, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's a really brilliant response because you, we all change and we evolve and we hopefully become better people, right? So maybe you yeah. did or said something in the past that was wrong, but you are, you, you're guilty about it. You feel bad about it. You've apologized, you know, you've done the right thing and you're no longer that person. Do you then still be held liable for it? I would, depending on the situation, say maybe we shouldn't hold the person liable because they've made themselves a better person and they've learned from that bad experience. Uh, so yeah, really, really insightful response. Yeah, I think that kind of comes down that, again, that's very much on the individual then is, is whether they can, one, re rehabilitate themselves um, with the help of obviously, you know, different services as well. But um, yeah, if they can kind of rehabil rehabilitate themselves to be that better person and, and, you know, like I say, come out of it on a slightly more positive edge. And yeah, I think, I think most people would be, un well, not understanding necessarily, but be re receptive to, kind of, you know, saying this person has tried to be a better person to become someone better than they used to be. Um, doesn't mean that we have to forget what they've done. Um, but at least they're putting in that effort to, to be a better person going forward. I'll, I'll go one more response on there. That is just before going on to the next question. So yeah, another one says, um, yes, but maybe not across all mediums. Interestingly. Um, they said it's important that the artist's behaviours are known um, to avoid them being considered as great people when it is actually their art that is great. So they're really, really getting down to the kind of like separating the two, which I thought was good. And they say this may not be true of writers, though, because depending on whether their work inspires others to poor, to, uh, to poor behaviours. Um, so that was interesting because obviously the way that a writer may write could, could have an influence. Uh, I, I'm thinking... Cancer in the Rye inspired what's his name to kill somebody was inspired. I'm trying to, was that the guy that killed John Lennon? Uh, basically, yes. uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are yeah. is that basically saying that writers should be held liable for writing something like that? Then, or are they saying that we shouldn't do that? Um, I I think they're just saying where, where they're, yeah, I mean, it looks like they're saying that, that we should be able to kind of separate, but can we, but not, a, but not across all of those mediums, but then, I, yeah, then they, then they finish with the, depending on whether it's true as writers or not, but it, it seems like they're trying to imply that they're saying that, um, that, that, that maybe a writer shouldn't influence somebody to do something bad, but that, yeah, that, that probably is a bit, a little bit more up for, you know, we can't we can't really put the liability on the on the writer for for you know it'd be, it'd be a bit like someone reporting something in a in a newspaper I suppose as a journalist and then me reading it and then going oh yeah oh look that that bad thing happened today so now I'm going to go and do exactly the same same yeah. thing I, I suppose there's a you it's a little bit different in journalism I suppose because you could say that the media have more control over what they report and how that influences. Of, of course, we know the media influences public opinion, decision, and and some of the things that they do. Because of course, so many people watch, you know, what I would call some poor television, 
um, but it's very, very popular uh, or, or the media have made it seem a popular or an attractive choice. So there, there's probably is that kind of influence element, I suppose, where writers can kind of dictate the way public see things. Oh, but in terms of maybe, but in terms of maybe just like a, a book um, or a writer in general, I suppose would would be yeah. I, I think there's probably more. There's more to discuss on that. So I'd probably I'd love to I'd love to hear more on that person's comment. To be honest, yeah, yeah, it must have some. For me, I would say it has to do with the intent of the writing. You know, obviously J.D. Salinger didn't intend for somebody to go crazy and kill somebody else. To whereas say you know. Adolf Hitler wrote Mein Kampf with the intent of, you know, becoming a dictator and, you know, killing millions of people. So there's yeah. that intent. Um, in the U.S., of course, we have, you know, Fox News is the first one that comes to mind that is very biased in its reporting and yeah. has clearly had massive influence on the country. And so are those writers potentially liable for the what they've you, the, what people have done based on reading their news reports. And, you know, I would say yes, but that's, once again, my point of view might be different from somebody yeah, else's. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you, I think you're right. Certainly we, we definitely know as, as, as you just stated, you know, the media do have a massive part to play in, in how they influence the general public. And with that, with those ties being, you know, closely linked to, to politics as well, often, Generally in the UK, I mean, not 100% on, on the US because it tends to be individual broadcasters that have got their, their own leanings already. But in the UK, there, isn't a, there doesn't tend to be a massive leaning so much. It always just seems to depend on who the party in power is at the time. So obviously if it's in our country, obviously Conservative or Labour is, is the general main two. So they're the ones that tend to, to switch power. But Whoever seems to come into power, it our media tends to lean towards that and, and backs backs them until they you know go totally beyond. They're not you know they're not incredibly you know biased in the sense that they will hold that one sided view the whole time. But they will kind of they will stick with the government in, in situ until they make it kind of impossible for them to to back them anymore. So. Um, but that it tends to just sway with whoever is in power. But yeah, they definitely have. They certainly have an influence, and and I think most most people listening and and ourselves would recognise that in terms of that that kind of writing. I think yeah, it, it certainly has a has an influence. So, um, but yeah, you're right. Whether whether JD Salinger, you know, went out of his way to kind of you know say, oh yeah, you know do this like a guidebook to murder, you know, it's uh, not, I, I don't think I don't, I, I personally as well, don't think that there was an intent there, but there could be, there could be certain story. I mean, there's other, there's other ones, you know, there's the, um, Oh, who was the author of, uh, the, the, um, oh, it's, it's just suddenly gone from me. It was there and it's gone now. Um, guys, it was really fairly recent. Um, It'll come to it'll come to me in a second. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. We can jump back to um, it. All right. Any other comments on that question worth? Mentioning? Yeah. Uh, there's there maybe we... maybe one more in there. Okay. Um, one more, and then move on to the next question. Um, yeah. The, one of the final ones that, that we've got in there is that they simply they, this person just simply kept it, you know, very very one level, and they just said the art may be good, 
but knowing they were bad would make me dislike being a fan. So, I, say, that, I, I, say that I, say that again, Tim, for me. Yeah, they they said they 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 state that they are the art may be good, so they they agree that someone you know may do something great, um, but knowing that they were bad would would make me dislike dislike them. So I think they're they're essentially saying that they can't really separate. They can't separate themselves from the the art from the artist in that they they would say oh yeah the arts the arts good but because they're a bad person they're not gonna, they're not going to like them um, and that was their that was their closing comment on that um, but yeah I mean I I think there's a bit more to I wouldn't necessarily agree with that comment in, in full because as we've already you know already discussed that you know it's not just purely a matter of disliking somebody but again it all falls back to that kind of moral that moral limit or that moral compass i suppose that's that that puts us on our different you know different opinions there's got to be an aspect of it too of like how involved in the art is the person like a painter obviously painted their painting so you could you could do a one-to-one but um you know music producer didn't necessarily write the songs and sing the songs so yeah you know, it's not really a one-to-one. They're a little bit removed. Um, Harvey Weinstein produced, you know, films, yeah. but he didn't, you know, direct, write the films and, and act in the films kind of a thing. So there's a m- much larger separation between the two. Yeah, yeah. I think you can kind of, it might be easier to separate when you're not, when that person hasn't got a visual presence mm-hmm. um, or, a, or a, an audio presence, as it were like you and I will have when this goes viral. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, bringing it back, back down to the kind of seriousness. Yeah. I think, I think, I think you're right. It, that probably does affect um, or impact some people's judgment on, on where their moral limit is because of, you know, if that person has a visual profile or, or as you said, an, an audio, an audio, an audio profile, then yeah, then we're more likely to, we're more likely to go, oh yeah, that's that guy off off there. And we do association, you know, by the name, if the name's well known, obviously, then of course. But yeah, you um, bringing up kind of things like artists kind of leads us on to the next question that we mm-hmm. kind of pose to them because um, I, I put out an example and it was just an example and maybe maybe this artist isn't the best kind of example because in some of the responses we got, that you know, some were saying that, um, so Van Gogh is is the artist that I'm going to give the example of. Um, but they, you know, kindly informed me, you know, that, that Van Gogh wasn't that well known whilst he was alive, like many actual, you know, painters um, from from certain eras. Anyway, not talking about modern art, but of his era, um, and of course, he's no longer living. But they said that, that you know he wasn't, you know, he wasn't. Um, really well known it was just like you or i really and, and maybe selling the odd painting to our cousin or our uncle or whatever so you know basically if we if we can't um separate the art from the artist so if we're in that camp where we're like i really can't which you know kind of leads on from the the last person's response saying that they'd appreciate that they'd done you know done a good thing but they couldn't you know they couldn't bring themselves to like a person or separate the art from the artist so I led that with, you know, if if we can't do that, now how does that impact the way in which we look at or judge, you know, you know, future artists or actors and uh, and things, you know, because if we've got that kind of that predetermined 
idea already. What happens when someone new comes to the scene and then they're doing kind of okay, and then then the next, you know, or even if you know they're not initially that well known, but then they do become well known. You know, does it does it does it change over the time? So like the reason why I gave the example of of Van Gogh, which was where I said you know Van, Van Gogh may be perceived as a, as a very you know unstable human being because you know it was it was it's very historically noted you know he cut off his own ear. He, he tended to enjoy, you know, taking taking LSD, and you know, and he, and he probably did numerous other things. Basically, he, he wasn't necessarily a terrible, terrible person in, in um, equal senses to somebody like Phil Spector. Um, I'll bring it back to that because that's you know, if we want to compare. But in his time, had had he been alive today, you could imagine in the news it would probably be pretty. You know, oh, modern artist, you know, cuts off own ear in LSD rage. You know, you can imagine the the, the, the red top headline being there and, um, you know, or people within art circles might say, oh, I'm certainly not going to, you know, bother kind of buying any of this stuff. That's that's totally, totally against anything. I, you know, can't have people like that around. But then there'd be other people that'd be saying, oh, no, we need someone like this because they make they make the industry interesting or it brings us to the brings us to the fore. So I gave that I gave that opinion out um, as a small example. And the fact that, you know, his his works are viewed today, obviously, and admired by thousands of people amongst other, you know, other artists that are around. But yeah, would would if he was around today, would we would we kind of speak differently of him? Yeah, that's a hard one because as an artist, I would I would expect of that type of art, uh, I would expect the person to be a little out there like it's it's funny we have this saying where or i have the saying or i'm I, you know i'm sure other people have this saying too but basically if um you have no money you're crazy if you're rich and famous you're eccentric you know so <laughs> yeah. it could be the same person with or without money or the same person as an artist versus not being an artist and so if you are a famous artist uh, as he was, or if, if he were alive now, people I would imagine would be like, oh, he's so eccentric. And potentially that would increase the value of his art. They'd be like, oh my yeah. God, he did this and this and this. I need some of his work. So um, in that context, yeah, I, I would say if, um, and I do not encourage artists to chop off their ears or do any of the other crazy stuff he did. He was clearly <laughs> unstable, but you know, it, it would, I think, help the sale of his art. However, I don't think it would happen nowadays because nowadays they would have probably put him on medication uh, at a younger age and he potentially wouldn't have even gotten to that point. Yeah, I was going to kind of a, 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 a probably relevant modern one would would move on to someone like Andy Warhol. But it's interesting that you said um, about you know today that probably wouldn't have happened because he'd be you know he'd basically be comatose essentially. Um, and we did have we did have one response that, that related to that, saying that you know that often you know they you know they think that we judge historical people by the present conditions and norms of our culture. And this is kind of unfair because, you know, people's lives in times with different social and different social moves and, and conditions. Um, 
So if, yeah, they, they, they basically said if Van Gogh were alive today, he might be drugged up on SSRIs and leveled out not to be producing art at all. So again, that's, that's another form of suppression. I suppose we could say that we talked about earlier saying, you know, do we stop that person from being an artist as well? You know, so there's two, there's, there's two little, you know, do, does, does um, societal acceptance come into it as well as also just, you know, a doctor saying, I'm going to stop you from being creative because, you know, you are so, so erratic, you know? So yeah, that, that's, it's nice that you touched on that because obviously, you know, we've got, we've got certain response there relating to a similar, similar kind of answer. And yeah, we've had one more that kind of gives, a, gives their own, their own um, example as well. And they say the further back in time, the artist lived seems to mean that time separates the art from the artist. The artist becomes more as merely a name rather than a person, which I totally agree with, um, with thoughts and feelings. But in, but in an age where people are held more accountable for their actions, such things are changing. So as we go on, that's less acceptable. I think that's probably, probably because we're, we as a public are much closer to actors and art, artists now, um, thanks to social media and things, as, as we talked about earlier. But um, they go on to give an example of, um, of Rolf Harris. Have you, you heard of Rolf Harris? Okay, so he's a, he's, a, he's a British kind of celebrity. Well, actually, he was, he's Australian, so that's a, that's a mistake. He's Australian, but he was, he was a British citizen, essentially. Um, and, yeah, he was, he was an artist, but he was like a celebrity artist. And he'd be on kids' TV in the kind of, well, for years, years and years, through, through kind of like my parents' late childhood and, and, and my childhood as well. So like this guy was prevalent and always on TV, went on to do, do other things right up until probably the mid, I think it was around about the mid-2000s. Um, yeah, and so Rolf Harris, he'd come on, he'd do little, you know, sketches. I think you have similar with, um, who's the Bob guy? Oh, Bob Ross. Yeah, Bob, Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. So okay. basically, would teach people how to paint essentially on yeah, on TV. Um, yeah. So yeah. So, so similar kind of celebrity in that sense. Obviously, I'm assuming totally different character. <laughs> um, but th- but this guy was a national hero in the sense of much more than the previous guy that we talked about, um, Gary Gary Glitter. Um, this this guy was everywhere. You know, he was if he was on every chat show for time, you know, and he was like this little seen as this lovable old guy that helped people paint very much like, you know, your Bob Ross kind of person, just you could not imagine. And, and you can imagine the shock when people realized that he'd done something really terrible. And like this guy could never, ever do anything, ba- anything bad, you know, in the, in the public side, even when, even when it was confirmed that, that he was, you know, he'd been convicted. There are still people saying, no, I don't believe it. And, you know, you get your kind of little conspiracy edges that come from that. But yeah, this guy, Rolf Harris, um, yeah, he was so artist, musician and TV personality. And then uh, the rest of their comment says, but now, or or to most people now, now he's just remembered as another one, unfortunately, as a child molester. And he, he actually was, you know, Convicted of him as, as I assume is still in jail. Um, it was only only several years ago. 
but yeah, um, so he's obviously, you know, he's obviously blacklisted now. So yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think they're right in saying that, you know, further back in time, we could just associate the name with the piece of art rather than the actual person or the celebrity. So I think it brings, probably brings into question more about us individually as well, you know, so when, cause now we look at anyone that does anything particularly or remotely within the public eye, suddenly they're a celebrity. Well, we see nowadays it's, you know, it's influencers, isn't it? That are, that are, you know, that have YouTube channels or, you know, huge Instagram accounts. And they're not, they're not actually, so that kind of brings us back a little bit with the, with the, um, with the, um, what's his face? Um, Van Gogh. Yeah. Van Gogh comment as well about, you know, if someone's not, you know, they're not that well known. Like there's loads of, there'll be loads of influencers and um, YouTube stars, so to speak, that I may know one or two of them, but there, there seems to be, there's like, there's probably hundreds that have got million, millions and millions of people following them for, for very, I'm not going to say very little because obviously what is art, you know, that's another question. But mm. so, you know, some people will, you know, like what they're doing. Um, of course, lots are, but, they're very much instantly, they're in the public eye from the off. You know, as soon as, you know, a, a company may have decided that they're going to make this person into like a, a star and they're going to, they're going to use that person as a, as a new celebrity. But in the main, that person decides that they're going to give up their freedom, as it were, to be this instant kind of recognized person that's online constantly is always seen. Um, and, and to a degree, they're doing that of their free will. But publicly, I'd say that they're not that well known in the sense of, yes, lots of people know who they are that are following them. But quite equally, there'd be millions of people that would say, I've no idea who this is. But you then go and check out you know, their YouTube or whatever and go, I really don't see what all the fuss is about because it's just not that great. Um, and that's that. But then... They go and do something, and such as the such as the kind of throwaway culture, as as, as I'm saying, is is social media having that effect on how we we can't just go now? Oh, such and such great poet, or such and such, you know, they were a great artist, or or we can say George. Not I'm saying not saying that George Seurat as a painter was controversial, but when we say George Seurat, all I all I think of is pointillism, and you know, and that's. And, and, and a scene in the park where, you know, it's all, all the dot work. And that's the painting that I recognize him for. But I don't go, I don't think anything about the person you know, at all. I don't go, oh, yeah, him. I've got an opinion on who he was. I just purely know that one very famous painting, as well as probably a lot of others that he did. But in the main, and, and most people that would know of that artist would just go, oh, yeah, that guy did that painting so they're known more for that but today i don't think people can kind of get away with just just that because we're so more kind of involved in their lives the visibility is so much higher so does that affect our our opinion and the way that we see them and if something minor you know also gets brought up like you say a, a twitter a twitter spat or a, you know an instagram post or whatever all of a sudden we go cancel culture as you, as you, as you opened with at the beginning. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard one because you are 
in a lot of ways what you do, right? I mean, anytime you have a conversation with somebody at some point in the conversation is, oh, what do you do for a living? You know, what do you do? You know, are you this or that? And your example of the artist, I can't remember his name. What did you say his name was? The the one, the pedophile one? Oh, um, Rolf Harris. Yeah. Rolf Harris. At the time, British national hero. Yeah. Yeah. All that. But he was no, but the thing is like, you know, if, if he's out there as a certain type of thing, you know, doing kids shows and painting and, and then, you know, is arrested and convicted for molesting children. I mean, you can't separate that. <laughs> like, it, it, no, you, no, it's, it's much more difficult to do. It's, I know um, Disney has in their contracts with a lot of their stars, a moral morality clause. Because they're basically right, saying, okay, yeah. you know, you're working for Disney and we're a company. We're all about families. We're about, you know, PG. We're about this and this. So you can't be going out, getting drunk on the weekends and, you know, getting into bar fights and this kind of stuff because you're representing us in a lot of ways. And this isn't that unusual from any other business, right? We've got, no, sure, yeah. you know, if you work for a tech company, there's statements in the in the contract you sign with them that if you're out in in some kind of a public event representing that company and you do it in a negative way well then you're held liable for that and so as an actor working on a marvel film you're you you're linked to that and yeah it's it's a decision you have to make like are you willing to be linked to your art and if so then you need to be aware of what you're saying and doing publicly, like it or not. Yeah, that, that is probably not the most difficult thing because obviously, like you just said, you, you know when you kind of enter that agreement and that contract that you're, you know, especially with, within the you know film industry because most people are freelance in the sense of, you know, actors are self-employed, so they go into that gig. They know full well they've got to conduct themselves in a certain way and especially whilst they're under that production company or under that studio, you know, I think, I think that goes without saying, but I think then it brings back, a, a, you know, another thing about, about social media is so inclusive. So, you know, and we, and we do have, you know, there are actors that just don't go, don't use social media at all. And, mm-hmm. and probably that is, that's probably the best way. I think you can only really do that if you're, you know, if you have a certain, you've got a certain standing already, you know, if you've got a certain reputation within the industry, I don't think somebody new can come into the industry and not have any social media accounts. I don't, I don't think that's possible. So I, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I, I, I'm an actor and, and I'll audition for stuff. And sometimes they will ask you for your social media is usually smaller productions because they, yeah. they want to potentially cast people with large followings to help promote the film. So there is an aspect of where they will say, Hey, I want to, you know, do you, are you on social media? Can you send it to me? But even um, how you present yourself, like a- agents will basically say, do you have social media? And then they'll look at your social media. And if it's you getting drunk and, you know, pissing on a street yeah. corner or at some, like, you, know, <laughs> you know, they're not going to want to represent you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and definitely, I mean, I, I, I would be very surprised, not that there are any pictures of me pissing on the street corner, but I'd be very surprised if an agent 
turned around and said, oh, oh yeah, we're going we're gonna to book you because there's one real, real niche role that we've got for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You know, yeah, ex- exactly. And I, yeah, again, that transcends across, you know, any, any, kind of, any kind of job and any industry. Your own personal conduct, of course, is, yeah. is, is always, you know, how, how, you, how you behave is always down to, you, you know, yourself and, you know, the younger amongst us will kind of either find out a slightly harder way or, you know, or will be wise to that straight away. Yeah. Um, probably more wise to it than, than you or I in terms of social media wise, because we've, we've grown up from an, out of an, coming out of an analog age and into a digital age. So we're not, we weren't born into it, but we were young enough to kind of adapt. I think more so than a previous generation of that who find, who found it a little bit more difficult to, to adapt. Yeah. We've probably adapted fairly well we're, we're like a lucky generation in a way we've we've seen the old-fashioned and we kind of hold a little bit of that in us but we've also kind of been be receptive to the new stuff but yeah certainly yeah you, the way that you the way that you behave i think is is obviously always going to be important and i i just was basing it more on on the fact that famous people are so much more under the spotlight than they would mm. have been like say for well, not even 40 years ago, let's say 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, because now everybody has one of those. And so, and, you know, and that means even things like reporting things, you know, we're not just going down the shop to get our local paper and go, oh man, this happened like two, three days ago. It's like fire here, pedophile here, you know, murder here. Stop. Everything that's happening is there in our, you know, seven inch screen mm-hmm. and it's so that so of course there's the likelihood then that more and more people are going to get flagged up for maybe even the most minor of things and those things are going to get you know inflated as well whereas maybe uh, so, so there's, there's again i think there's there's still a there's still a line of course you know we can't have people just blase sweeney todding people all the time or whatever you know we can't we can't just have that but also that kind of the, the kind of, I suppose it's like almost like a, a little bit of an in, infiltration into the kind of privacy element of people. But then they are putting themselves out there at the same time. So it's really, there's a balancing act for sure. But I do think that there are elements that kind of get, you know, overinflated that wouldn't necessarily have ever, ever got inflated at all. You know, just yeah. for something very, not saying that something's necessarily wrong, but something very, very minor, you know, might be the, the way that somebody's, you look. You look at all the mags, even even for the last thirty years, even pre kind of smartphone. All the magazines, you know, that you know want to show off the perfect person, and then they're kind of going, "Oh, look at Demi Moore's got two buttons undone. She's not looking so great today." You know, it's like, really, who cares? Yeah. But a lot of people will buy that because they're influenced by the look of that person or how that, that, you know, that again, that goes back down to the media influence, but I suppose we can just say that that is, you know, there's so much more of it now that it's so in our faces, even if we don't subscribe to it to a degree, we're still seeing it, you know? Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's no problem. So let's just talk a little bit further about, about the kind of, not necessarily the media influence, but more the, more just the fact that, that, society is so much in our face even if we're not you know not that well well known at all we could be we could have 300 followers on 
on Twitter and still, you know, we might kind of get this kind of cancel culture happen to us with for something very, very little. We might say we might we might tweet something once and it goes viral for the absolute wrong reasons just because one person decided that they didn't like it. Yeah. And it gets retweeted. And then and then and then then you're in a situation then. Yeah. So that's probably worth worth expanding on for a second. Yeah, and that happens all the time too. Uh, James Gunn just came to mind, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. So oh, yeah. he did a tweet years ago, long before he was employed by Disney and Marvel. And it wasn't, it was just kind of a, you know, it was off-collar joke, right? It wasn't necessarily something he believed or anything. He just was making an off-collar joke that, you know, you could you could argue wasn't funny. And then what yeah. happens when that comes back to light he then got fired from Disney who, you know, right, yeah. nicely, you know, changed their mind and realized, okay, we shouldn't be holding him liable for that. You know, he, he apologized for it and stuff, but, but exactly. I, I think about this quite often of stuff that I say on, cause I do podcasts, I, uh, or write. And it's like, you know, is what I'm saying. I don't necessarily think it's offensive, but does somebody else out there think this is offensive? And then when they take it offensively, then what's going to happen? And so, you know, if, if five years from now, maybe I, I'm on the cusp of getting cast in a major motion picture and somebody's like doing a search on me and be like, oh, he did this? Uh-oh. And yeah, he, said you know, that, he said this in... Yeah, you know, exactly. 2020. Um, as an 2021 even offhand comment, you know, not even really thinking about it and nope. All right. Next person. So it's, it, it, it's dangerous, especially because that line changes so easily of like, you know, the left and the right and the, and the right and the wrong and where that moral center is. And, you know, right now, no problem next week problem. And just because, yeah, and, and you can't, you can't say anything nowadays without offending somebody. It does not matter, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I think, like you say, you're, you're totally correct in that terms of like that shifting, blurred line kind of thing. Because it's not just like, oh, we know that it's flexible. We know that you know that we know that morality is flexible. But yeah, for from one week it could be there's a bit of a gray area there. But then you know the next week it's kind of shifted this way a little bit. And that's that's really really interesting, and, and I think also because going going on to um, um, Guardians of the Galaxy guy, I think that's that's now, and I, I suppose people have done it for quite a while. That's why people tend to you know put on their profiles and things so that they cover themselves for their work, especially if they've got a bit of an association with an employer. That they will put my views are my own opinion, and not not that of my employer, um, and and that's kind of like. It's mad to think that we have to we have to put that in order to um, ensure that we say you know that we keep our our job role in case we say something out of term or it at least um, it can at least disassociate us from that company. So we're doing the kind of like the right thing that even if somebody does say something bad or does something bad, then instantly with that one statement they're separating themselves from the company. So so the company doesn't get a bad name. Um, yeah, that's that's that one is really really. Um, yeah, I'm glad you highlighted that actually, uh, Milo, because 
I think there's I think there's a lot you could could discuss that on its own quite quite a lot yeah. further as well. Coming back onto onto one of the questions, the kind of last one that opposed to him, which then kind of focused a little bit on um, on Woody Allen as as an example, um, was more about that when when we can separate those two things, is that how do we process that separation as well? Because we might well, you know, like like the example being Woody Allen. Um, you know, certainly, you know, we everyone knows that he's a fantastic director. I don't think anyone could turn around and say he's rubbish at what he does because I think he's I think he's made something like I'm sure he's made nearly fifty films, and I'm sure he's had something like at least I'm going to say a third. I've got to say around about sixteen, seventeen of them he's got Academy Awards for, and on top of that. There have been actors and actresses that have also got Academy Awards off the back of his movies. But then it comes on to the process of the separation because his most recent film that goes out, I think, in the summer um, is A Rainy Day in New York. Um, I think it's Timothy, uh, Timothy Chalamet is, is in that, who's obviously pretty big at the minute and, and, a, young, and a very young lad, to be honest. Um, but he he has disowned himself. You know, he's disowned his role from that film. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's in the modern day. This this person's creating great movies, obviously. Um, but even the actors that are working under him, as it were, are you know disassociating themselves from from his from his movies. So how do we you know? Yeah, how do how do we process that, that separation in 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 that in that? kind of in that example or, or similar i suppose yeah yeah so the interesting thing about woody allen too is you're, you're absolutely right he's done some great films over his life and so many actors that have worked with him in the past are basically saying oh i wish i hadn't done that or you know i i don't want to associate with him and i would i would expect that a rainy day in new york will be his last film i don't see him ever getting another film made because he even had hard time getting this one made and getting it distributed after he made it, and still, yeah. And I would imagine, yeah, because I think it did. It get did it get it got dropped initially, didn't it? It was yep. it was booked by mm-hmm. a distributor, and then they they dropped it. I think so. Yep. Yeah. 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 So he's and so he's finally getting it out there, and I doubt anyone will see it. So nobody's gonna fund any of his films for because nobody's gonna go see his films. So this is probably his last film. And technically, you know, he's you know, he's hasn't been charged with a crime and he hasn't been convicted right. of a crime. You could say we just as a as a as a people say, eh, that makes me feel icky inside. So let's disown him in every way possible because of that one thing and you know was it right i don't you know i'm not i don't know i'm not the moral police but yeah i i think it obviously it comes across as very very you know i think a lot of people would agree that it comes across as very creepy or as you say but oh man you know did you really you know did you have to do that but it's technically Um, not illegal but but yeah i mean from as far as I know, from the things things that I've read, and, and and not you know not just hearsay things, just just the just the things that I've read were, you know that I think it was it was his his stepdaughter, wasn't it? I think yeah, stepdaughter. Hey folks, just a quick interruption here. 
Uh, what happened was we were recording this over Zoom and it got a bit choppy due to the network connection and some stuff got cut out. And I want to make it very clear as to the topic that we're primarily speaking on, and that's Woody Allen's relationship to his current wife, Sunyi, who was his stepdaughter at one point in time, but then when she became an adult, they got married and they're still married. We are not really discussing his relationship is with his uh, ex-wife Mia Farrow and any allegations there. We're also not uh, discussing any of his relationship with his daughter Dylan Farrow and the allegations there. And we're not in any way saying we agree or disagree with one side of the argument or who's right or who's wrong. Uh, we weren't, you know, obviously we don't know anything about this beyond what we've read in the news. All we're saying in regards to this discussion as a whole is, are these allegations true or not enough to justify no longer seeing his movies or going to work with him? And once again, we're not taking a side. We are just having the discussion about it. But I, but I want to make it very clear that if, let's say, more investigation is done and something else comes out about Woody Allen, that's not the topic of this discussion. It's primarily just focused on his relationship with his now wife. Okay, so got that out of the way since you uh, probably might not have gotten that due to some of the choppiness and cut out of it. We just want to make sure nothing we say gets interpreted as a defense of any inappropriate behavior anyone has taken. All right, back to it. Just just the, just the things that I've read were, you know, that I think it was it was his, his stepdaughter, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, stepdaughter, um, adopted Right. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was. So it was Mia Mia Farrow he was married to. Yep. I think. Yep. And yep. And then the, their adoptive daughter, he then obviously got into a relationship with. I think. I think that's right. Um, and then I, th I think possibly what the crux with that is is the fact that um, I think because obviously Mia Farrow, he was he was married to. And then their child, or one of their childs, so it was Rob, wasn't it, I think? Now, Rob, I think, was very much involved in bringing about um, the Harvey Weinstein, I think. I think he was, he, I think he was very much, he wrote a piece, because he's a journalist, I think, Rob, Rob, um, Rob Horan is. Okay. And, and he, he wrote a piece that was very, very damning of, of Harvey Weinstein. And that brought about the whole kind of, me too movement, I think, and that's where that 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 grew. And I think obviously because of that association, his you know, his child is obviously part of that. And then Woody Allen's got this kind of, you know, very uncomfortable background, as it were. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe with that association, maybe people thought, if you've got if you've got that, you know, that something so close to home there happening, would it, you know, it maybe it's just very, very Woody Allen doesn't strike me as a kind of person who's who's naive. You know, he's an incredibly intelligent person. So you would maybe question: Would it be right for him to do that? And then looking at not not necessarily what he's done is wrong, but just in in context of the whole environment that's surrounding his family and yeah. and and that set of scenarios. Should should he maybe maybe have thought differently about that and go? I'm not I'm gonna wait till things kind of maybe cool off a bit and then maybe I'll announce my um you know and 
you know, my partnership or whatever with, with my step, my adoptive stepdaughter or whatever. Um, well, they're married now and they've been married well, for yeah, quite they a few are, years. Yeah, yeah, so a, clearly they're happy. Yeah, several, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And that's, that's, yeah, no one can actually say anything in terms of, because surely, you know, she would not be, she would not still be married to him if there was anything, you know, untowards in that sense. Um, Hopefully. From the outside. Or, yeah, exactly. Well, well yeah, we, we would, we would like, you know, we'd we like, would like to, to hope, hope yeah. that, that they wouldn't. And there's not anything else, you know, further going on. Don't, it's, probably, it's probably not fair for us to speculate on that much further like that. But the, 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 um, the other element I was going to bring into it was the fact that his, his actual current film that's going to, that will come out soon is the, the storyline about that is, is very Woody Allen in the sense of, and, and so that has kind of like critical aspects straight away because some might say, why would you write a movie like that? And, and for anyone that doesn't know, the movie plot is basically, you know, it's about, a director that kind of falls for this for this girl, um, and he kind of pursues her f- through New York, and there's other other suitors. And there's nothing wrong in isolation with that movie or that plot. We've seen it probably hundreds of times across, you know, stories similarly told. But the fact that the way that it is written is very much, you know, of how people may perceive Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. They look at that and they would go you know, they're going to be critics and they're going to be journalists and they're going to look at that and they're going to think, why with all this speculation around you, why would you then write about a man who kind of aggressively pursues a female? You know, it's not going to help us. I mean, that, that seems to me a little bit of a naivety there, but I don't feel that Woody Allen is that naive to do that. Yet here he is writing a, writing a film that almost re- reflects his very similar character or the way that his, you know, he, he behaves. Is he potentially trying to tell his side of the story in some way? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I suppose that would, that would lie with, with the viewer, I suppose, when they, when they come to watch it. Because, mm. Of course, I, I'm not, you know, I've not seen a screen of it, but it, it doesn't come out till I think June or something like that. But yeah, I, yeah, it's totally open. Maybe, maybe he is trying to tell, it from a, a an aspect of his own point of view, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose there will be lots of people that will, within critical circles, that will talk about it. You know, film critics will will talk about it. I'm sure that when it when it comes out, for for one way or the other, you know, I'm sure they'll say it's a brilliant film. It's it's, it's shot beautifully. You know, most of his films are shot really really well. Um, I can't remember the Italian. Italian guy that often does the cinematography for for um, Woody Allen, but often they're, they're they're really you know really beautifully shot films. Usually, you know, yeah. they they highlight you know the backdrops are beautiful. You know, everything about everything about each individual shot's great. But yeah, the bottom line on that would be more to do with, I suppose, the film critic response when they when they when they view it. But of course, we're kind of three three, four months or whatever away from anything about that. So it possibly could be revisited, but on, on that. So we did, we did have a few, few responses relating to the um, Woody Allen example and, and whether, you know, people can, you know, how they, how they process that, um, that separation. 
um, of art and artist. Um, and so, yeah, one, one guy said, so again, we're basing these aren't necessarily our opinions. These, these are just, this is just opinion that's coming from, from others. But this, this person says that they, they would perhaps not approve of Alan's actions, but they would not approve either, either of his films. Um, which they then say tells a valid part of his or our human human story. Um, okay, right. So they're saying they're basically saying that they wouldn't approve Alan's Alan's actions, but then they're questioning: but would I but would I not approve either of his films? So they're saying that they might not. Again, they're not liking the person, but they're separating that art, and they're actually saying that could, could they approve of his films? So then that tells a, you know, further in their answer tells a valid part of our own human, you know, human existence or stories, how we, how we have that approach to Woody Allen films or Woody Allen the man. And they, they go on to say, if there's an actual crime, you know, obviously prosecute the artist, not the art if it's good. Um, and then, then they, they finish with, you know, a plant with poisonous roots or leaves might still produce a beautiful flower. So, Again, it's that kind of trying not to kind of suppress creativity, I suppose, where where our again falls on that moral moral line. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really when I read it in the in the right way, because <laughs> it's kind of it's a little bit broken in the way that it was it was constructed. But when they when you actually read into the detail of, of their comment, actually, it's a really really good comment because especially the, the part in line that's a kind of a bit of a money shot line, but you know. A plant with poisonous roots or leaves might still produce a beautiful flower. So, you know, that they are essentially saying, you know, a bad person can still create something amazing. So um that, that was one. That was one on there. Um, I don't know if you want to pick up on on that response at all. Yeah, I, I think it's a valid response. Um that just kind of falls into that category of how you decide what to separate and what Woody Allen's an interesting example because a lot of people like his films and then a lot of people don't like his films. So it's easy to say, okay, I disapprove of his behavior and I'm not going to go see his films because I already don't like his films. Right. Like, um, yeah, uh, you know, Marilyn Manson, for example, uh, I've never really been a fan of his music. So it's easy for me to say, I don't approve of him because of the way he treated, um, uh, I can't remember her name at the moment. Evan Rachel Wood is who I'm thinking of. So anyway, so, so it's easy for me to be like, well, I'm never going to buy any of his CDs or listen to any of his music because I don't like it already. So it's easy for if you're already not a fan of Woody Allen. If you are a fan of Woody Allen, then you have a harder decision to make. And it's, well, you know, am I going to go see one of his films if I don't approve of his behavior? Yeah, because that's definitely, that's definitely an easier way to to separate the art and the artist because you, you totally separate. You, you're not even separating them. You're just going, yeah, I, I don't like that. So it doesn't really affect me. So it's not going to be troublesome for me to, to come to an, an opinion on that. Um, but I you know that's, that's, I like, I like that you, you brought up that regarding, um, well, regarding Woody Allen and, and uh, Marilyn Manson, because they're, they're both great examples. Yeah. Another, another one, another one that came in that says, um, and this again is because I, I did ask people you know, if they wanted to give their own examples as as you did um, they could do but a lot did follow on from the Woody Allen one because I think it was just such a strong example for them to to lead off off from um, 
And yeah, someone else uh, commented. This one's this one's a longer comment, but I thought it was quite quite good. Um, so in a way, it's a case of whether the audience looks at it in a naive way of the work as it is, without connecting the creator to it, or in a sense accepting that the terrible things were done from a mindset that was a product of its time, or the audience judges the artist and the art as one and denies the work's merit under moral standings, unless, like a lot of the time in society we live in, the artist owns up to their sins and as such show that they regret their actions. We kind of touched on that earlier on. Nowadays, the reformed can come back and be morally approved of or show that they're facing their own annihilation of being remembered. So, yeah, that touched on on us a little bit further back up when when you mentioned about that. But that that's a that was a really good detailed answer that I think definitely held held a lot of credence. Long answer, but a good answer. And then, do you want to hear another? We got yeah, yeah. Let's do one more. Okay, yeah, we'll go. We got we got we got time for one more, I reckon. And another one, um, another longish one. But they say. So again, by acknowledging that all humans are capable of good and bad, and artists are just one example of that, if people do wish to forgo art because of their issues with its creator, then that's a personal choice. But if we're to limit the appreciation of art to that produced by only good people, then there may not be a lot left to appreciate. So then they go on to say, this may be actually easier after someone has died. For example, they say they love the music of the Stone Roses. So, and it stirred a part of them when they first heard it, and it still does over 30 years later. But Ian Brown, however, they say, is a grade A pillock. This is purely their opinion. But, you know, they, they really love the Stone Roses music, but they think Ian Brown is, you know, not that great a guy. You know, they just think, yeah, a bit of a bit of, a, bit of an idiot. Yeah, so, um, but then they see, they also say that they, that they see a lot of adulation for musicians in particular where people idolize a musician because of uh, because they love what they produce. Like you said earlier about the kind of, if you don't like the music, then you can kind of just shut all of it off and be like, nah, don't, I don't like that person. Yeah, they're bad. You know, they do something wrong. I'm not going to care for them so much. So that, that led on there. And then he said, so once, once Woody Allen has passed away, it'll be much easier to enjoy some of his films knowing that, that he was actually flawed. So instead of us maybe trying to create this kind of perfect image of just good people only allowed to create things, is it is it better for us to kind of view them as we've posed the question at the beginning, separate from, you know, separate the art from the artist and then bring us around to like, you know, that we can appreciate that those people may have flaws. We can, we can see that they've got inconsistencies as we probably all do to a degree. Some are going to be way more severe than others, but should that suppress creativity? Should we, should we um, not separate the art from that, that artist? And I think that, that really, that, that, that final answer there, that person, I think they really define with the depth of the question. I think they cover, you know, they, they answered that really, really well there. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to, I'd love to probably get that person on. To, to discuss, you know. Yeah. And they're absolutely right. I mean, we all are good and bad and, you know, flawed and in our, in our own ways. It, so yeah, if, if we only enjoyed art from truly good human beings, there would be no art. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be very, very limited. You know, <laughs> yeah. be, as they say, that there would not be there would not be a lot left for us to to look at. I mean, you know, we could we could probably, you know, let's pick out a, a, a modern a modern artist um, today. You know, Damien Hirst, for example, very very controversial for some of the ethics used in you know the way some of his installations you know come about, but some absolute fantastic works, in my own opinion. A lot of other people will say anyone can chop up a cow into three bits and chuck it in some formaldehyde and, you know, and put it on some plinths and sell it for, you know, 80 million or whatever. (laughs) I I don't know about the figures, but you know, the realm in which we're talking, I don't necessarily agree in the, uh, the values of the works going forward, but I certainly appreciate the artist. And I, I think I would probably appreciate Damien Hurst's work even if they did something really bad, you know, I, I, because I'm looking at the art and I totally am separating that, you know, and this is, this is a living, you know, living working artist of, of today. And I, I do think I could, and I know I'll probably get a lot of, a lot of stick for that from some people. They'll say, but how could you possibly, you know, how could you possibly support or say that works great, but I couldn't be adult enough and look at it in isolation and say, no, I'm appreciating the artwork and saying, you know, this is a great sculptor. But I'm not actually saying that I really, you know, enjoy the person or who they are or their their in their their personal character. Yeah. Um, I think that's the, that's the, that's probably the someone mentioned it earlier on in in the comments. It really kind of fires back to us individually as to when we're assessing it. Can you know if we can separate ourselves from that artist? And just purely look at the art in an individual sense, then surely it's totally fine for us to, you know, for us to enjoy that that piece without us coming under our own set of scrutiny just for having that opinion, and also without you know without being kind of victimised for you know people thinking that we support the individual. Mm. I think it may be different if we were to like if we were buying their work, that may be different because we're supporting more so if we were actually promoting the work all the time more so but are we doing that you know if we if we share it on social media and so you know and, this, and then it's a known you know a known terrible person and we suddenly you know share something it's like i really you know i really like, like like there's a lot of speculation let's say with michael jackson although you know he's no longer alive but thousands of people share share his music every day millions no doubt but there's a lot of, you know, again, allegations that never, never have and never probably will come to light. But a lot of allegations and a lot of, you know, a lot of dodgy stuff surrounding that individual opens up a lot, a bigger question again. But just on the, on the basis, a lot of people are sharing, you know, sharing that material. But so then are they, are they guilty of them furthering, you know, that furthering that person, even, even though they're no longer alive, you know, it's, but we all know that that person was a, you know, when we're talking about Michael Jackson, they were absolutely fantastic. You know, just the whole thing was production. You know, it wasn't just music, wasn't just a video. It was a whole damn production that I don't think I don't think I know anyone that would have ever listened to any Michael Jackson music and not at least nodded their head or tapped their foot or felt like kind of dancing or singing along to that video because. There's just something about it. It's, it's just it's just really really great production. 
one thing it's interesting because as with film and and music though we could potentially enjoy the art while also not supporting the art thanks to the ability to illegally download content <laughs> well so, yeah yeah i suppose yeah yeah that's so a, that is a good you point. could yeah, watch a woody allen film while also not giving any money to a woody allen film <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i think that's and again we don't we none of us here condone the illegal streaming of movies or live music you know none of us have ever no ever done anything like that at all and and we (laughs) and we definitely don't encourage any of our guests to do so but that is yeah that would be quite a valid um option option, but an option yes but yeah an option an option we would not recommend yeah valid in the sense that in terms of supporting or not supporting the yeah the, the artist that comes under this uh, speculation and has this stigma attached exactly. to them. So yeah, I, I yeah, I, I I think you know there's there's some real real good answers that have that have that have come back. A few a few that I disagree with. A few there that I definitely you know totally agree with. Um, and but for me, one of my favorite favorite comments from the whole thing, and I think it kind of it covered the whole question really about the kind of like the ethics and the stigma and everything associated and all the opinions that kind of fall behind this, this whole question, which will bring up so many different opinions from all walks of life. And, you know, everyone's got an opinion and, and thanks to social media these days, even more people do, but the, you know, the, the, the comment that was, it was literally a plant with poisonous roots or leaves might still produce a beautiful flower. And I think, I don't think anyone at all, really could argue with that you know that is that is a completely all rounding you know kind of all covering statement that i think when we're when we're going, wanting to view something ourselves i think that kind of comment would be the thing to kind of kind of remind us of you know that we're not all perfect and that we should not necessarily be suppressing cre- you know creativity as we, as we know it just because somebody may have done something bad but they're still capable of producing you know, fine works of art. I think that's 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 literally that's like kind of my closing statement, really. Using that, using that comment, uh, I think was you know covered all all areas. I think was there anything for you that stood out at all that, that was there that that was mentioned? Um, I think it was interesting. I'm really impressed with that. So many people took the time to put such thought into their answers, and it is nice to see that people are thinking about it and asking themselves the question of like, where do I draw the line? I mean, I, I know I, I certainly thought about it. Like, you know, what, what's my line in regards to how I separate that art and, and it varies, you know, it, it depends on the issue, what the person did, whether they were actually accused or convicted or any, any of the, all of the above. And it's really good to hear that people aren't just saying yes, no, right, wrong, that they're kind of in the middle somewhere in, and, and giving it some thought. So I'm, I'm really impressed with the, those responses and how well thought out they are. Yeah, definitely. I definitely appreciate so, you know, the responses today. You know, I think like you, like you say, although at the initial outset, you know, you, you covered, you called it almost straight away at the beginning, you know, and there's no, no disrespect to anyone that actually commented, but you, mm-hmm. you called it out. On the first answer, when you when you when you give them an easy option, you know it's very easy for them to say, 
oh yeah, I'm not this or I am this or whatever. But when it came into like the more detailed responses and that they could, they could expand on it further, yeah, things fall a little bit kind of more towards the middle ground. And, and, you know, people do clearly show that they are quite kind of torn within their own opinions. You know, I myself would say I'm probably struggle on some aspects of, of answering some of those questions because it's not just a, a cut and dried answer. I don't think you can just purely say, yep, it's this. And, and you're, you're totally right. Where that, where that kind of moral line sits will probably fall in different places for everyone. But I do, I do wonder if there is a consensus somewhere that kind of meets some form of middle, whether that sits a little bit higher in the yes area or a little bit on the lower on the no area. So it's just almost kind of posing a bit of a political question almost in a way. It's like, where do you, you know, where do you, where do you sit? Are you kind of just left of center or right of center, so to speak? Are you, are you up of yes or down or down of no? Or, you know, it's, it's uh, definitely, you know, it's, it's given me food for thought with all the, you know, with all the great responses yeah. so far. And, and I'm sure the takeaway from it is, is that every, everyone's obviously clearly got a, you know, clearly got an opinion, but ultimately it falls down to where your actual moral line sits. And that's, that will be different for all people. Yep. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there then. Uh, so thanks for listening. I am Milo Dennison and. Well, I'm Kev Bamboo and it's been great having you here and having our comments and, uh, well, maybe guests. Yeah.